will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm Horror Host Trav. Joining me as always, making her return to the show, the theme queen herself, producer Kate. Hi, I'm back. So, uh, and making his return to the show. I, I almost <laughs> skipped past you, man. What the fuck? <laughs> making his return to the show, wow. the great Shelby. How you doing, buddy? A horror head in the horror studio. Uh, how have we been doing? So it's been a while since Kate has joined us. Kate, I'll let <laughs> you start. How have you been doing? What has been going on in your life? <laughs> well, um, regular listeners will probably know that I had a baby. So, you know, as you do, you stay home and you try to figure out a routine with that baby. Make sure that it's, you know, <laughs> solidly surviving. <laughs> and uh, now we're getting in the swing of things. And I'm happy to finally be back talking about things that aren't related to babies oh yeah and, uh, <laughs> of the next episodes it'll be all about like evil babies and all kinds of shit that <laughs> Talk, i got to review a rosemary baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> rosemary's but yeah a uh, basket case and all kinds of shit uh shelby how have you been sir uh it's been about a year since i've been back on here so a lot of things changed busy work do my own podcast you know yeah so the, tell us about that a well, little i got bit. two right now um i do one with my buddy price johnson we call him okay. trip we talk about it's called shooting the shit and okay. it's basically it's a wrestling podcast where we were doing once a week, but we've wrestling's kind of died down since Mania season, like it usually does. Okay. So we're going to Chicago this weekend, coming not this weekend, but next weekend for a res, an AEW New Japan show. We're going to review that. So we're right now until wrestling kind of kicks back up around after SummerSlam. We're just doing like every two weeks, a month, once a month show. And my other show, I'm just I'm softly rebooting it right now. Conversation with Shelby Green. I recommend if you're going to listen to it, start at episode episode six and beyond. And we're working on that, going solo till I get better equipment and stuff right now. And I'm rebooting the show. We're going to go more of a horror theme base with that. Whenever okay, cool. So, Always uh, down soft with re- Soft reboot, as yeah. I call it. <laughs> soft a, reboot. A recall. A re- uh, legacy sequel, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's always funny, too, because like, um, like if I were to recommend somebody to listen to our podcast, too, I'd be like, don't start with like number one or number two. Yeah, or yeah. Just go <laughs> like, from where we, like, where I got a good format going. Where I'm not trying to do too much. Like yeah, this is what I'm going yeah. with. Or is there certain something I'm talking about? Check that out. You know what I'm saying? You remember how many notes I had lined up and shit? Like the, when we first did the first show, well, I was I all, think... how many notes you have? Oh, dude, I had like notes from each end of the table, like little <laughs> post-it notes. Like I was gonna read like all dude, of them. Like I'll tell you what happened. We, I've, I've, me and Price started doing ours. He we literally had a we had a he not a format but he had like the note sheet in his, his phone uh-huh. and it was like this long and here's my ass I got a long sheet like this tall oh <laughs> shit I'm like we talk about this 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 he goes dude we don't have advertisements we're not doing a three hour fucking show what's wrong with you yeah all right you're right you know what and I'm like we can knock that off knock that off knock that off you know what we'll just go with your format bro yeah. you're good trying to do too much <laughs> well I mean every podcast when it's new yeah. like mm-hmm. goes to those growing pains and oh yeah it gets in a, uh, at a good groove. It's been a wild journey since Kate hasn't been here. A bunch of appearances of Slasher Rob invading the podcast. But I recently went to a concert. This is my first concert probably since last September or 
probably last summertime, I got to realize how uh, when you get to your 30, Shelby, how old are you? 29. All right, so you're almost there. <laughs> yeah, about less than a year. See, when you turn 30, um, you can't party like you used to. And uh, I found this out the very hard way seeing Danzig in Cincinnati. Because I uh, wanted to buy a bunch of merch. You know, Danzig has killer merch. He has a killer wolf shirt where the wolf is carrying a naked woman. I was like, I got to have that. And then there <laughs> was another badass. Danzig shirt where, like, it was Danzig in hell. And I was like, I got to have that. So instead of taking my shirt off and putting this new one on, I just put both of them on top of my other shirt. So it's hot. I'm in the pit all night. I'm drinking nothing but beer. And I have three T-shirts on. What could go wrong? So on the way home... <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. At the this way home, great. I uh, get out to go take a piss. And uh, as I'm walking back to the car, I start to feel lightheaded and like heavy in the knees. And I'm like, I've never felt like this before. I played football. I've weightlifted. You know, I've never felt like this before. And as we're driving, it was fucking weird. It was almost like, I'm like, am I dying, man? Because like my colors were going into black and white. And it was tunneling. So, like, as I was watching the road, my vision was going, like, and making a smaller, smaller, smaller circle. Mm -hmm. And uh, Josh Sturgeon was just kind of like, are you right, dude? And, like, Brooke kind of, like, they could tell something was, like, going on. But I was, like, trying to figure it out and shit. (laughs) So, by the time, Brooke had, like, a bottle of water or something, luckily. So, I sipped on that until I got home. And then when I got here, I basically crawled up to the front door. Um, and this was probably pretty funny because Rose probably thought I was like wasted. So she's probably pissed off. Like as soon as I walk in, cause I'm like crawling into the chair, but, uh, yeah, she took my blood pressure and it was low, which is weird for me because my blood pressure is really, really, really high usually. So yeah, I was severely dehydrated and I almost passed out if not passed out once or twice. So Oh and I got COVID from that show. So <laughs> <laughs> I learned that I am 31 going on 32 and I'm not in my 20s anymore. That's basically what I learned over the last couple of weeks. I went to Tech Nine on Halloween last year. Mm-hmm. Best concert I've been to is him, Ritz, King Iso, that whole crew of guys. And there's it was at the Egyptian room. So obviously there's not really a pit. It's standing yeah. room only. So we're I'm up there and I get close to the stage. We're all doing our thing. And... Tech Nine grabs the microphone. He does like 25 songs. Like, he mm-hmm. is incredible live. And he goes, you know, I feel like we need to have a big circle. And as soon as he said that, my ass took off to the back. And he started, mosh, mosh, yeah. mosh. Everybody started, mosh. I was like, I am not getting caught in that. So, uh, in the world of streaming, what have we been watching? Um, so, Stranger Things Season 4. I wanted to bring that up first. Um, I've watched three or four episodes of it. Uh, Shelby, I know you, you've checked out some episodes of it. Mm-hmm. So, no spoilers, but what do you think about this season? I think besides the second season is the best one they've done. I, I, I would agree, and mm-hmm. I haven't finished um, um, I part was, one. Let's go ahead. I'm sorry. But um, I think also, like, they don't. there's not one of those shows where, like, that season's shit, this season's this, or whatever. Yeah. It's like... All four seasons are on par. They're on par with anything they've done so far. Um, Streaming-wise, too, I've been re-watching the uh, Fear Street movies. I can't get enough of them. Okay. I, I worry, actually want to read the books. And I hopefully, 
Netflix, I know part three has got its issues and people have had their problems with it, mm-hmm. I guess, but I really think they could do a sequel. They can do some of our stuff. Cause I, by the way, I didn't know RL Stein wrote those books. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. dude, that's a darker side. Like where the fuck, why have I, why am I not just finding out about this? But yeah, um, for those like not in the know, fear street was kind of like the older goosebumps. So mm-hmm. fear street came out in like the late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. goosebumps kind of took over and was like more a younger audience. Yeah. Cause you remember if you go to the, like remember back in your day when you went to your little school fairs, oh, yeah, school, hell yeah. it, you always bought the goosebumps novels Fuck and yeah. stuff. I read, I don't know how many I've read, but I remember like watching it's like, why did I not pay attention to this shit? Cause I love the first one. Yeah. And the second one's an old school homage to Friday 13th. The second one was really, really good. Yeah. And yeah. I really liked it. the third one. I, I did enjoy, I got, you know, it wasn't the best one, but I don't like, you're going to do prequels and stuff going to where the now nah, we're not going to talk about that we're getting we're getting off tangent but you know like when you go far back as they win yeah, the, the 1600s six, yeah, yeah i'm like dude really did you have to go all the way back because there was other characters i thought that mm-hmm. they were talking about they could have went with the one the one who sings mary or whatever the yeah. ones i thought they could have done something with her the milkman would have been an interesting story i thought there was other stories but i guess that the reason why they went back to tie it all in together i understand but I would have liked to see him do the other characters before the 1666. But obviously, Stranger Things, I'm not going to spoil anything because the trailer's known Robert England is in this film. Yeah. And all I'm going to say is, I need another Nightmare on Elm Street film. That's oh, all, yeah. that's all yeah. I'm going to say. Because Robert England, I know he doesn't want to do another Freddy that's film. That's Victor Creel, right? Yeah. yeah, but he is so, he's still good. Like his, it's his presence, the way he, Robert England is made for horror films. No matter what you say, like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody talks about the, he did V and all the other shit he's done, but he's known for Freddy Krueger. He does things in that, the episode he appears, it's just like, he's made for horror. His charisma. His charisma. Unmatched. His, the presence. The presence. Like, he, he mm-hmm. can turn, look at the camera a certain way, and you're like, he's got it. You're like, yeah. I'm sorry, I hit that damn thing again. <laughs> but no, it's like, like, I, I walked away wanting more of that. Yeah, so I checked it out, and uh, I agree, definitely. I, I kind of disagree about, like, the level of Stranger Things, because I didn't like the second season. I thought the nostalgia was kind of wearing thin. I'm like, I get it. We're in the fucking 80s. Like, you know, you, well, you're all dressed up as Ghostbusters. The problem is, everybody was going with the 80s. Everybody yeah, was going, dude, er, I'm er, like, Everybody okay. was the, like, there was a film that came out right after, I think, season one or season two of Stranger Things called Summer of 84. Yeah, Summer of 84, Which yeah. is a very, if anybody has not seen it, please watch. That's really a good horror movie. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's great, but I'm sick of people talking about the fucking eighties. Yeah, I'm man. sick of Shit. the nostalgia, and it's like, like it wasn't fuck, that. Man, it wasn't that fucking great in the eighties, probably. Uh, well, you Kate, think about who's coming into those power positions in Hollywood right now. You all know, the people, it's Gen all people, yeah. all the people, Gen X people. You know, their heyday was the eighties. So yeah, Kate, Makes what sense. have you been checking out? Um, well, I'll highlight one horror-related show that I've been that I watch. And it's like fitting because it's about a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, baby. Said, I said, I'm, I'm not going to talk about babies anymore. Well, I'll talk about this one. So mm-hmm. I've been watching The Baby. It's mm-hmm. on HBO. And Is it The Baby or The Baby? Sorry, that was a dad joke. <laughs> that was a dad joke. Okay. Um, Jesus, Travis. Yeah, merch, you, you, merch speaking of baby, table. you need a baby. You're ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So uh, The Baby on HBO, it's. British cast, you know, I'm sure British directed. I don't know. I, I don't know who directed it and created <laughs> it, but it is about a kind of cursed supernatural baby. Uh, it's interesting. So this baby is, um, I, I won't spoil it. I'll go on what you kind of will know in the first like few minutes of the, of the show. Um, there's a woman, you know, she, 
all her friends are having babies or have babies already and she's very kind of like kind of a she's kind of a bitch about it to them like can't you ever just not talk about babies or like this is our like this is our girl time like to talk be adults like fuck your babies basically Mm -hmm. um and she's just like her friends kind of call her out and are like, listen, you need to figure out why you are like this. Like, it's not normal. You should be happy for us. Like, sorry, this is so annoying to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she is a, sh- a chef of her own restaurant. So she just is like, hey, guys, I'm going out of town. I'm going to go on a vacation uh, and figure my shit out. I'm just not in a good head space. Uh, so she drives like she's out on the, the White Cliffs of Dover. Uh, at the bottom of the cliffs in this like tiny little rinky dink cabin cottage thing it's like real run down but she she found it on airbnb she wanted some you know isolation to think mm-hmm. um and so she shows up there um gets like kind of a a tour by the woman like some mysterious old lady you know there's always a little old lady in these places <laughs> um and then like that lady disappears and she's just like she hears a commotion outside she hears a crash she goes outside and sees a woman dead on the ground who had jumped from the cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's standing there kind of freaking out about that. And as she's standing there, a baby who had crawled over the edge of that cliff lands in her arm. She catches him. Basically what you like, wh- this is not spoiling it. This baby <laughs> uh, chooses. It's a very supernatural baby. It chooses a, a mother that doesn't want it. Uh, that a mother that doesn't want babies. Uh, and then it becomes attached to her and uh, anyone else who tries to touch it or take it away from her, uh, he somehow has the power to like make them die. Gotcha. Uh, and so he, she's like kind of stuck with this baby. And there's a lot of like really good kind of themey stuff you can kind of take away. Like what's this movie trying to tell us about, you know, mothers and society and stuff. And it's pretty cool, but on its surface, it's just a very fun watch. Um, Cause it's a kind of comedic in a very, very dark way. And there's a lot of horror stuff in it as well. So gotcha. um, cool. is I, that on Hulu it, or is that it's on HBO That's right. That's and right. you will burn through it. I'm going to, wa- um, I'm going to watch, really I'm going to check it out like Monday. I'm going to go see, if we don't go see the movies tonight, I'm going to go try to go see Jurassic World Dominion on Monday. Okay. But I'm probably going to sit down Sunday night and just, after I get done with my dad's Father's Day, I'm probably going to sit down and watch it because I'm looking for something new to watch. That sounds really interesting. It's such a different idea. Um, And I think women, like, not that men can't really enjoy this, like, you definitely can. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think especially moms or, like, new moms watching this will kind of get a whole other kind of uh, level of theme. Yeah. And you get the whole backstory of the baby. Why is it here? It, and then it's, yeah, it just, it gets real crazy. Awesome. It's fun. Nice. Nice. Uh, a trailer recently dropped that uh, is going one way or the other. People hate it and people love it. Um, uh, off of a, like a 20 second teaser, which I can't understand. Of Rob Zombie's The Monsters. You can be my monster, baby. <laughs> so what did you guys think about this uh kate actually we'll start with you since the, okay. you're returning to the show yep. and you're a huge sherry moon zombie fan i'm as with as is andrew ball <laughs> andrew ball is a huge sherry moon zombie fan. how dare you spread these lies yeah. um okay so listen sorry i left that out i watched that trailer i don't know what people could be mad about like you still don't know anything about what it's going to be like like mm-hmm. you know it's going to be in color right yeah and we it's we know it's and pg yeah and they look like they look and they just come out and sit on a couch like there's really nothing 
it looks like it might even be a little funny. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Munsters was kind of meant to be funny. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I with Rob Zombie, I'm like, well, is he going to kind of... Is he going to throw us for a loop and, and actually treat this like and kind of honor and keep it very similar to the original? Or is he going to like go way off the rails? We still yeah, don't I think, know. I think that's a lot. What a lot of people were afraid of is that, you know, Herman's going to be like, I must go fuck the shit out of you. You know, <laughs> shit like that. But it's like, yeah, if it's, it's a PG movie and the monsters should be a family film and it looks like that's what we're getting. And I'm like, I, I can't really hate on that though, by that teaser. What do you think, Shelby? Here's my thing. I remember watching the series as a kid on TV land back in mm-hmm. the day, and I haven't watched it in years. I'm going to binge watch that series. As I spoke on my podcast this past week, I'm going to binge watch the series and, uh, over again before I prepare myself. So I don't forget anything or mm-hmm. walk anything. I don't understand. Here's my thing. When I heard Rob Zombie was going to do it, the first thing I thought was, okay, this is something he is passionate about. He yeah. knows he's a fan. He's got the Draglet fucking mobile for God's yeah, sake. He's, he's a huge monster fucking fan. Monster monster fan. fan. So I, that was my option where I was like, you know what? I think this is going to be his best work because I think he's going to do right by this. And I said, well, and then I thought, well, you know, you got the people he's going to have the stupid ass fucking his scripts are going to be shit. It's going to be his <laughs> hillbilly kind yeah, of hillbilly stuff, bullshit, yeah. you know, backwoods fuckery type thing. And then I saw the production of mockingbird lane. Yeah. And then I saw that. I was like, Oh my God. And he was spending his money on this, his money out of uh-huh. his pocket funding this movie. Like he does everything else he does mm-hmm. except for Halloween. I think, he well, I think, I think universal kind of, Gave him a lot of money. Yeah, but like, I, but I think, he, but also I think he he says I'll put money into it myself. Oh, yeah. um, the that's cat- why he was a that's why he was such a weird pick for Halloween, and because he doesn't like he's admitted before he's not the biggest Halloween fan. No like original Halloween. No, he's, he's that's not. not his style. No, more of his style is like Henry Portrait of a Stealer Killer, like yeah. like Grindhouse Texas film. Yeah, yeah, like if he. Like, if he did a remake Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we'd be like, okay, that fits him. Mm-hmm. Like, that fits what he does. But back to what the thing was, then I saw the casting, and people were, some people were online were bitching about gr- the way Grandpa looked. And then people, and then when I saw Shea Moon Zombie, I said, shit. <laughs> but I'm off the, the ram, or the, my way I look at it, I think it's going to be his best look. And I think we're going to get a really good film. I think it's going to be a lot of 60s, 70s comedy. And I think people aren't going to understand that. Unless mm-hmm. you watch the original show, so my suggestion is if you're gonna go see this movie, which I will, I believe it comes out on Peacock. Mm-hmm. But if it, I might go to the theater and see it. If it does, just watch the original TV series, get a feel for it. because I think Herman, the way Herman looks, looks the, the more the best of yeah. all of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be the biggest thing. I'm ready to see what he's gonna do. I think I'm very optimistic, and I'm one of those guys like. I mean, between on Rob Zombie, I love his. Either I love his shit, or I'm like Rob. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And nine, I'm more on the. I love what he does, so I think he's gonna be really. I think this is gonna be his best work. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually All really right. excited for it. I really am for All real. Right. I am. So seriously. we have some uh, optimistic folks here mm-hmm. in the uh, in the horror dumb today. So we have a real quick like um, talking about Psycho Two before we get into it. Um, Shelby and I wanted to give you some of our favorite horror sequels. So this doesn't necessarily have to be a part two, although some of ours, a lot of ours are part twos. These are just like some of your favorite horror sequels. So I'll go ahead and start with mine. We're going to give you guys five each. Okay. And, uh, this will be pretty quick. You know, I think we're all fans of all these movies probably, but my number five, I have to give some love to Friday the 13th part five. 
Uh, the Roy movie, a very controversial movie in the series. Yeah, as Shelby looks at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jason is not the killer in this one, spoiler alert. But I think that this is one of the strongest slashers in that series. Uh, I think a lot of the kills are inventive. Pseudo echoes, his eyes, song in the film. Uh, great. A lot of the characters are amazing. Um, I absolutely love this movie. But that's my number five, Friday the 13th, part five. My number five is Evil Dead 2. All right. And I wanted to put the Evil Dead movie that came out 10 years ago because mm-hmm. it's not a prequel, folks, or a remake. It's a fucking sequel if you really look at it. Mm-hmm. But I went off basics. Evil Dead 2, I mean, that's where I think Ash is at his best. Oh, and, undeniably. And everything. Yeah. Like the Ash portion where he cuts his hand off, I'm eventually going to get that tattooed on me. That mm-hmm. eventually will get done. But... Just everything, the comedy sticks. It's, I think it's Sam Raimi's best work, it's, personally, or it's it's up there, yeah. up there with the Spider Man's, in my opinion. Like what Sam's done in the Doctor Strange movie, he just did too. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just, it's just, yeah, I love that fucking movie, oh, man. Yeah. In the ending, leaning the army of darkness and shit, which Hell is yeah. it doesn't make sense at all. I love that movie. <laughs> so my number four, heavy hitters. What from about her? She she, no. she didn't make a list, did you? No. Yeah, okay. Kate did not make a list. Kate, I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> um, so number four would be Dawn of the Dead for me, 1978. Uh, this is kind of fuck yeah. I mean, what more can you be can be said? Uh, mm-hmm. This is one of the best horror films of all time. Uh, stuck in the uh, Monroeville Mall, uh, zombies are pounding on the windows and you're just kind of stuck in this mall where we usually go to fill out our pastimes but now you're stuck uh forever in the world of undead mm-hmm. um great, great movie number four dawn of the dead i will back you on dawn of the dead there's a deeper message in that with oh, yeah. how and i it's like there's a there's a tv series eli eli roth did it's on shredder uh, history of horror, horror history of yeah. horror i love that fucking show and he talks about there's a deeper message well you know how we go to the mall we're like zombies the way we shop the way we consumers yeah. and it's like damn i never thought of that and actually yeah. the remake Zack snyder did years later also is, is is really strong too so yeah but that's a classic my number four is my favorite film of this franchise the child's play franchise Bride of Chucky. Now, for anybody who wonders why, I love the first one, and I love Child's Play 2. Sorry, Jax, uh-huh. Chucky's back. I love that poster. Uh-huh. But Bride of Chucky was the first film I went in theaters and saw of that franchise. Ooh. And my dad took me. So it was 1998, so I was five years old. Thanks, mm-hmm. Dad. So I've always loved that. I love Chucky and Tiffany's dynamic together. And it's more Chucky takes a back seat in this film. Uh-huh. Spoiler alert. It takes a back seat in this film. It's more Tiffany, this, the th- sign. And I love that intro where, spoiler, Tiffany kills that cop and she goes, well, hello, Do- hello Dolly, and Living Dead Girl by Rob Zombie's playing. Killer I just, soundtrack. Oh, fuck yeah. I actually had that soundtrack on CD. Yeah. That sing the Boogie Woogie King. I can't yeah. get it on streaming, but I love that fucking song, yes. All right, so... Another entry into the Child's Play series, my number three, Child's Play Part Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved this movie. It's mm-hmm. always been a special movie to me. I grew up watching it over and over again. Um, I love the climax and the toy, the toy factory. Like I just love all that shit. I love I'm the gonna chases. get you, fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That that's one of the things that goes me back and forth when I cut you up back and forth, Brian Chucky. That climax is such a bad. I love when he's. Um, I love when he's burying Tommy under the swing, and he's like, "Eat dirt, Tommy," <laughs> and he's laughing into the fucking lightning. Uh, yeah, it's such a great movie. My uh, number three, Child's Play Part Two. Shelby, your number. What is it? Number three or number two? Number three. All right. 
My favorite of the Friday 13th, the original, the Paramount Classics, part four, the final chapter. By the way, right. nice review on that, by the way, last oh, yeah. week, brother, for real. Um, <laughs> to me, it's not my favorite of the franchise. My favorite is the remake and because of, I don't get to why, but I am a big fan of Ted White. I think he's very underrated as Jason Voorhees, and it's some of Tom Savini's best work on the kills. Mm-hmm. And the Tommy Jarvis thing, we get a different story with Jason. It's just the way Jason gets killed in this. It's bad. It's a badass Friday Thirteenth. It's gory as shit. I love the remake because Derek Mears is such a badass Jason Voorhees. But this is definitely my second favorite. And honestly, the original ones you always hear about Friday Thirteenth. Nobody says the original one is their favorite. It's always mm-hmm. Part Four or Part Six. Yeah, that it's usually that either one of those two. And you like Part Five, which is oh yeah. The, I think I the reason why the kills are really good. It's got a high yeah. ass body count too. Oh yeah, that's probably why you like Five the most. And too. it's sleazy. I'm always down for the sleaze. So my number two, mm-hmm. Halloween Part Four. I almost went H two O. My here, man uh, from 1988. Um, one of the my favorite chases of all time was when Michael's coming out onto the roof and chasing our two characters and like yeah he's a bigger guy in this one the the shoulder pads yeah he's a bigger he's a heftier michael in this one uh he's been eating his wheaties and shit he's been bulking up (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh but i love number four um yeah and when i number two halloween part four so shelby your number two is my favorite of the nightmare on elm street franchise three i love dream warriors i just love that dawkins song dream warriors i actually work out to that Oh, it's really? actually, I love that song. Um, I've always loved that movie. I think it's the perfect blend of Freddy with the comedy and shit. Mm-hmm. Because that opening the, yeah, is one of the best. Of oh all time. my god! And I really wish if they're ever gonna make a sequel or a new Nightmare on Elm Street, just do a Lego sequel of Dream Warriors. Bring back King K, Joey, and what's Patrick Arquette's uh, character's name? Bring her. Bring them back with Freddy. Mm-hmm. Do a sequel to. Just forget four or five Dream Master. Forget, fuck Freddy's Dead. Forget those. Make a legacy sequel to, uh, to Part Three. I think the fans would like that. Hell and yeah. Get Robert. I think it'd be great. What's your number one, Travis? So my number one. I almost included New Nightmare on here, but my number one. Oh, that's is good. That's Scream good... Part Two. You know what? Why do people people shit on that film sometimes? I'm like, I, I love like that. Fucking, I, I love it too. <laughs> I like it. But I've said this a few times. I, like I almost like it better than number one. I almost do. I think it's got a better. I think cast it's rewatchable. I think it's more rewatchable. I've kind of reeled that in. I'm kind of a flip flopper on that. I but don't I know. Think the first one's pretty iconic, but yeah, yeah, I like. I think the second one's good. Like this is my thing. If I'm going to put on, and this is kind of what I did with Friday the Thirteenth. I don't think Part Five is the best, but if I'm going to throw on one of them, I'm more than likely going to pick Scream Two over like any of the other ones because it's fun and you know it has a great cast great opening kill uh but yeah my number one more people i think need to need to kind of check it out and realize that it's love the opening when it's the best in the series because there's a certain (laughs) character that gets killed everybody would probably laugh at now Mm -hmm. um number one you're gonna hate me (laughs) my favorite horror sequel is a devil's rejects (laughs) it's my favorite i love it it's a western horror slasher i love captain spaulding that fucking scene where he goes, did I stutter, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The scene where he scares the, the kids, aren't we fucking funny? Yeah. It's long. Yeah, Sheriff Wydell. I mean, just the only th- negative thing I hate about it is just they try to make it at the end. They try to make it flip to have sympathy for 
the uh, the the Firefly family, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, dude, we're not giving you sympathy for that shit with Sheriff Wydell, and you know he's gonna fuck up. Yeah, and I do love the ending of that movie. I wish they never did Three from Hell because it makes no logical sense. Oh, you know how if you, you Three I from think, Hell sucked. I I'm did too. Sorry. I think what hurt that film was was Sid Hag's health. Yeah. Because the guy who uh, Richard, um, the guy who was like the lost brother, Richard, Richard Brake. I think yeah. he's a he's really a good he's really good he's a good actor. I just felt like how are you gonna make a sequel to that? Yeah, with, with, without Captain Spaulding. And it's funny I'm gonna bring this up. Captain Spaulding's known for basically uh, um, two movies and a cameo, mm-hmm. and he's one of the top ten most probably iconic horror characters of all time. Definitely in the past 20 years. Yeah, you know? But you know, if you really look at the horror history, he may be top 20 all time. Mm-hmm. If you even go back to like the universal monsters with Bela Gossi's Dracula and uh, Boris Karloff's Frankenstein, they, Bela Gossi only played Dracula like two or three times and people mm-hmm. still think he's iconic. I'm more of a Christopher Lee guy myself, but that's why I'm saying that's why I compare Sid Hack. He's only done two movies, really. Interesting. So you're number one, Devil's Rejects. So yeah, that was just like a fun. Just, we didn't mean it to be like a uh, like a real long kind of uh, analysis of each film, but just like some of our favorites and a lot of these franchises. And you realize that four out of the five of my films are slashers. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm a slasher guy. I always of have course. been. So it's like yeah. So that brings us to the film of the day, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, ghouls and gals. Uh, that is Psycho 2, A Return of Another Iconic Slasher from 1983. Uh, this is kind of a new format for us, uh, by the way, because I was like, fuck it, we need to have people on who are absolute marks about some movies, too. So this is like kind of our first uh, kind of format of this. I don't think, Producer Kate, have you, had you seen this before? No, it was new to me, so we're still kind yeah. of in line with our so- <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, you've done like horrors recently since you've been doing the podcast. I think you said the last time I was here that horror was kind of a new genre for you with certain yeah. films and stuff, right? I believe well, so. Yeah, about a year ago, I'd say I was pretty still like kind of new to it. I was, it wouldn't say it was like well, my favorite genre or anything, but okay. now I think so, I've seen so many seen a lot. movies seen that a lot like, of I feel movies. like yeah, you've been, I've, seriously, that list is going up, girl. Like, seriously. Yeah, I feel a lot more like a, not like an expert, but like I'm like part of the. Part of the community a little yeah. bit. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Welcome. so 1983. <laughs> so this is like the first show of like having an absolute mark on about this movie. My brother was like, what the fuck's a mark the other day? And I was like, I don't know. I've just been like, I've always said that, like a mark about something. Well, <laughs> Marking out, right? Here's the thing. That's a wrestling terminology. Really? If, if you're a, I met Billy Gunn about a year ago uh-huh. and I kind of almost marked out. Marking out is basically where... You go, for, oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like, like it's like standing. it's like, dude, stop! Like you're yeah, giving please. us bad name, like you know what I mean? Like that's what it is. Marking out's like a term, like you are right, you're being a mark, dude. Come, yeah. stop! Like yeah. you're being a mark it's for just yourself. A cool guy word for a fanboy. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, yes. All right. So, Psycho Two was directed by Richard Franklin, who also directed the Hitchcockian '80s thriller Road Games. Uh, and the 1978 thriller Patrick, known as the Australian Hitchcock, a student of Hitchcock who modeled his style in directing, like many did at that time, after the Master of Suspense, uh, which is why he was such a perfect choice to direct this. Um, this has like an all-star kind of cast and crew, which is pretty cool, uh, written by Tom Holland, who also wrote Fright Night, Child's Play, and uh, the 90s Stephen King fair like Thinner and the Langoliers. Um, Tom Holland, well-known, really well-known. Mm-hmm. Uh, score composed by uh, Jerry Goldsmith, which uh, I don't know if you have you heard that name before, Jerry Goldsmith? 
No, I don't think so. This had a brilliant, brilliant score, if I have to say uh, so myself. Totally unnerving at times and suspense building throughout. Uh, Goldsmith also did the scores for Chinatown, The Omen, Planet of the Apes, uh, the Rambo <laughs> series. It's a hell of a um, list. Yeah, many That's... others. Uh, this one might be one of his very best. Oh, yeah. Uh, cinematographer on the sequel was the great Dean Cundy who also shot The Thing, a lot of Carpenter Fair, The Fog, Halloween, Escape from New York, among others, many, many others. Basically 70s, 80s horror lord, basically. Oh, yeah. Halloween 3, all that shit. Oh, that's a, good. That's a good. true master at building suspense as well. So it's like suspense building, suspense building. Uh, cast, Anthony Perkins returns after 23 years as Norman Bates. Uh, Vera Miles as Leela Loomis. Uh, Robert Loggia as Dr. Bill Raymond. Frank from Scarface. Oh, yeah. Uh, Meg Tilly as Mary Loomis. And uh, Dennis Franz as Warren Toomey, my favorite character in the film. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why. Because <laughs> I, I enjoyed his ass, too. Synopsis. After 22 years of psych psychiatric care, Norman Bates attempts a, to return to a life of solitude. But the specters of his crimes and his mother continue to haunt him. So... Some quick trivia for this. Uh, an interesting fact about the production of Psycho 2 is that unlike the first film, Psycho 2 isn't based at all on, on the Psycho 2 novel written by Robert Block, uh, published in 1982. Uh, according to Block, Universal Studios hated the novel. Um, I haven't read it, but it sounds like Norman kind of gets out and returns to his ways of killing really early on, and the studio wanted to go in a different direction, and I'm really glad they did. Me too. Uh, the reflection of young Norman Bates in the doorknob is um, when he, you know, flashes back to his mother when he's instantly triggered. Mm -hmm. Is um, is Anthony Perkins' son Oz Perkins, who is a uh, director himself now. He made uh, the Black Coat's daughter, I believe. Huh. Uh, producer Hilton A. Green initially considered Jamie Lee Curtis for the role of Mary Loomis in Psycho Two, but Curtis turned down the role and Meg Tilly played the part instead. Uh, at the time, Jamie was coming off working with Richard Frankly in Road Games, so it would have been a perfect fit. Also, her mother was in the original Psycho. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jamie was worried about getting typecasted at this time and was already signed on to do Trading Places. So it basically just came at a bad time for her. Um, apparently, there was some tension on set between Meg Tilly and uh, Anthony Perkins and the director Richard Franklin. Apparently, Meg Tilly, and this is all, you know, he said, she said, but um, had never seen the original Psycho, so was unaware of its significance, kind of, and didn't understand why the press was giving Anthony Perkins so much attention and why, kind of, he was, like, the huge star of this movie. Um, years later, when she's given interviews, she describes the experience of working on Psycho 2 as tough because Perkins and Franklin were so hard to work with. Um, during this time, there was a wave of Hitchcockian thrillers. Some of, some of these are some of my favorite films. Uh, which started with guys like Brian De Palma and Richard Franklin. De Palma really, really made the subgenre blow up, though, uh, with Dress to Kill, Sisters, Blowout, uh, Body Double, a lot of my absolute favorite horror thrillers. I've never seen Body Double. Dude, it's killer. Uh, what these did was take formu formulas or plot points of those original Hitchcock thrillers and really update them or add another twist. Some some of them, like De Palma, you know, made it a little sleazier, you know. <laughs> um, the original film spawned three sequels, a uh, shot-for-shot remake starring Vince Vaughn. Ugh. Uh, the original <laughs> Bates Motel made-for-TV movie in 1987 and the underrated series Bates Motel on A&E. Um, so that kind of concludes the, the facts for this one. Uh, Shelly, we'll start with you. Mm -hmm. What is kind of your history with this movie? When was your 
What was your introduction to the series? I was um, I had seen the original Psycho when Psycho when I was young. I was about maybe 12, 13 years old. Because I always heard, you know, from documentaries and stuff, I was actually watching Bravo's 100 Scariest Moments, yeah. and the original Psycho came up. And then I started doing research. Oh, Jada Lee, that's Jada Lee Curtis's mom, and she mm-hmm. and like Psycho was the first film like that. And uh, some films that carried on, Scream copied this, and Alien copied this, where you think the hero of the movie, which you see in the beginning, that's the one's gonna survive. She dies. Mm-hmm. Alien did that with a certain character, and Scream did that with Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was kind of a homage thing, and it was the first slasher of its kind that really got notoriety and a lot of things. But um, years later, I was about maybe fifteen or sixteen. I was going through Comcast Xfinity every once in a while. What Fear would have free movies on. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, shit. yeah. So I went through it. And I seen some. I was like, Wishmaster Two, no. And it was, I remember it was Wishmaster Two, Cannibal Holocaust, and um, I'm trying to think. And there was something else I can't remember, but Psycho Two. For some reason, I should have picked Cannibal Holocaust because it's uh-huh. a better no, movie. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw Psycho Two, and I was like, Psycho Two. And I looked at the time and said, sixty from nineteen eighty three. Three, I was like, okay, and I watched, and I was like, I've never why is this is like I like this movie a lot. Like, why? What the fuck? Well, I'm just gonna find out about it uh, more about it. So, walking in, I was uh, walking when you told me we were gonna review. I was like, yeah, like I'm down for this. So, because like, <laughs> right. like it was like one of the films like you don't hear about when we talk about horror sequels. Mm-hmm. And we didn't we named our top five. It wasn't in there, but it's one of those films like. You need to watch this. Watch the first one, this one later. And I will say this. I was going to add on this. What a ballsy move by Universal. 22 yeah. layers to make remake of, to have a sequel to this. Yeah, so just to Oof. kind of piggyback off of that, uh, this was kind of a risky move because a lot of people held Hitchcock in such high regard in the 80s. Oh, they still yeah. do. He's one of the best, you know, suspense of that genre, directors of all time. Oh, absolutely. So, like, for them to go back and revisit, it's almost like it's worse almost to make a sequel than a remake because you're kind of, like, you're kind of adding on to mm-hmm. that series in a way. So, if this was, like, really, really bad, you know, it, a lot of people would have been fucking upset. Mm-hmm. But, Kate, this is your first time seeing this movie. Uh, yeah. Did you even know that, did you know that they had sequels to Psycho? Um, um, only because you have mentioned it in passing mm-hmm. like so many times, but we've, I've never actually asked you about it or, mm-hmm. um, but bo- you just bothered to look it up. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you how many they have. I know I've seen the Vince Vaughn one. I would, like, I want to <laughs> oh, say, but prob- that's like a really bad remake, right? Yeah. Um, it's just a shot, shot, shot for remake. Now I will say Julian Moore is really good in that. And I will say there's some, some things I get. But it was just a shot-for-shot shot remake. That's the only thing that hurts it. Like yeah. it's not a bad yeah. movie. It's just a shot-for-shot shot remake, and I cannot stand. I, mean, I won't go on a tangent. I cannot stand when you remake something. It's shot-for-shot. Shot. I'm like, dude, really? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, I don't remember liking that one. So, like, when I heard oh, Psycho two, I was like, oh, usually sequels kind of suck. So I didn't know. I kind of had low expectations for it. But I will say, first impression, I really liked it. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is like. Um, it reads like a good murder novel, you know, like, you know, it's got mm-hmm. twists and turns. I really liked it. So do you want to do your kind of, uh, kind of simple block plot breakdown for this one? Like for anyone that, uh, is joining the show or like hasn't been around the last couple episodes, uh, producer Kate kind of takes the plot and kind of just like irons it out for us and tells us like what this movie you know, what really happens, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to go off memory because if I go off my notes, I will make it way too long. So, <laughs> um, so you basically come in on that uh, recap of that shower, the classic shower scene from original Psycho. Come to find that it's 22 years later and Norman Bates is being released on, you know, parole or what, just being released. Um, so he was put in an institution rather than prison, right? So he has been 22 years of therapy uh as you go on in the show or in the movie you kind of realize that he probably was undergoing a lot of therapies that aren't used anymore yeah (laughs) um like electroshock because he's like losing he's lost memories and things like that and that's kind of the only way you do that is if you actually mess up someone's brain so he's been through a lot um in these 22 years and he is being released um and his doctor uh, his primary doctor, psychologist, is with him, at, reintroducing him to the town. Um, a couple of towns, people are like, no, you can't bring him back. Uh, and they come, they're a big part of the story. Um, but they're mm-hmm. basically like, he's dangerous. They do this petition. They're like, you can't bring him back. And you find out that it's uh, Loomis. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, that's her last name. I'm going to call her Loomis. Uh, and then um, I'll call her daughter Mary. But anyway, um, she is the sister, of course, of one of the women who were killed Mm -hmm. uh, by Norman Bates two decades before. Mm -hmm. So she's just like, no, you can't bring him back. He's dangerous. Uh, And then other people in the town are like surprisingly accepting of him, like coming back. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the doctor drops him off. Like one, this is, this is where they kind of lull you. They make you think this is going to be so stupid because it just seems very like illogical um, Mm -hmm. from just a mental health standpoint to take this man who murdered multiple people, after going insane thinking his mother you know like it's this is a special kind of insanity Mm -hmm. um and he's a special kind of violent offender right and it seems ridiculous that they would take him back and dump him in like the trauma ground zero for (laughs) him absolutely Uh, i was gonna say like yes yes good good eyes on that for real so they take him to trauma ground zero and they're like okay you're gonna live in your house Mm-hmm. Uh, and the doctor, you know, they, they make allusions to like the doctor being, you know, we prepared you for this. We talked about, you know, how do you handle these? Like, how do you cope with this? And so like, he's kind of <laughs> reminding him. And, you know, Norman is this very kind of still the, giving very innocent, naive kind of vibes. Um, very kind of childlike. Um, he's not prepared to be left alone here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they kind of brush it off by saying, Oh, so because of those budget cuts, we can't have a social worker come yeah, out yeah. Um, all the time to check on you. And he's just like, well, I've got you doc, you know, whatever. And um, <laughs> yeah. So he also has a job now at a restaurant. I'm kind of setting the scene and then I'll go faster. Uh, he also has a job as kind of like a bus boy, dishwasher, just random jobs around the mm-hmm. restaurant, the diner um, in town. Uh, which is where he meets Mary. So he uh, goes into the house, first of all, immediately triggered, um, is in the restaurant, triggered again. And like Mary's there and she's pretty new. She's only four days, you know, in town working at this place. And you think she's really stupid too, because Mm -hmm. she's like, she just found out that this guy is, you know, a former convict. And she's just like, yeah, I'll come to your house and stay with you overnight. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's doing these things that just seem very like, uh, a young woman of her age in the eighties is going to know to protect yourself more. Like mm-hmm. there's so many serial killers that came up in the sixties and seventies oh, yeah. in real life. Oh like my God, that there's yeah. no way a teenager in the eighties is not going to be, you know, better 
equipped to protect herself mm-hmm. um, or to just like see red flags. Yep. Um, <laughs> so yeah. you think, Good call. like, so you think she's really stupid, of course. You find out that's not the case later on. Um, but yes, she goes and starts living with him. And he is like doing like pretty well a lot of the time. And then he's got these triggers that just keep popping up in his life. Like he's seeing like, um, notes from his mother telling him get that whore out of my house and all these kinds of yeah. things that are meant to trigger him and um, for instance he walks you know he walks into his mother's old room and it's all of a sudden put all together and then you know he gets locked in the basement and then when he's gets unlocked from the basement the room is back to normal and suddenly there's the cops at his door with you know saying that a young man was killed in the basement so like all these crazy things are happening he's actually kind of going insane and he doesn't, I don't think he thinks like I'm going insane. He starts to say like, I have another mother. This is like my real mother. Like she was just a a mother that, you know, that raised me, but I have my real mother now Mm -hmm. is calling me. So Mm -hmm. he's getting phone calls of this, of of the mother voice yelling at him, like his mother berating him, like his mother used to, you know, so it's all these triggers happening and you're about halfway through the film. You're like, wait, Mary's act like when you actually pay attention to Mary's yeah. Mary the the young girl who's living with him and has befriended him um and is very sweet with him frankly you start to see that her reactions to things are a little sketch like and you're like wait a minute and so you find out about halfway through that Mary is like is a Loomis as well she's the daughter of the woman who was trying to get him run out of town mm-hmm. or locked back up and um they have been working together you find out the mother and mary the daughter um to drive him crazy again to try Mm -hmm. to trigger him like crazy to where uh the cops will put him away um indefinitely and uh it's really shady (laughs) really fucked up um and really dangerous frankly because uh norman is still you know a powerful man he's a little Mm -hmm. older but he's like He's still that super tall guy, like very kind of foreboding. And um, he has, let's remember, murdered a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so that's like your first big twist is you're like, okay, wow, they've been driving him nuts. But you find out, you know, I'm, things transpire. We'll talk about scenes, mm-hmm. like our favorite scenes and what kind of <laughs> we thought they did well and didn't do well um, down the road. But uh the big thing you need to know is you find out, you know, there's people been murdered along the way and you don't know who's doing the murdering. You're like, well, could it be? Could it be Miss Loomis? That's really really, part of this movie. Yeah. The thing too, to add on to this, you are sitting here watching this going, who the fuck am I rooting for? Because it's yeah. like, oh, you're rooting for Norman. Like, you root for him, but in back of your mind, going, wait a minute, this motherfucker killed six people yeah. in the really, and like, what am I supposed to do? But then you find out Loomis and uh, Meg and are doing Mary. this. Mary, you're doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking my real name is Meg Tilly, but Mary, you're like, wait a minute, fuck you too. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, who do you root for? And then the psychiatrist is kind of like naive in the way I would say. Well, he at first, <laughs> but then he clocks. He clocks, he tells Norman, like, Mary and her mom yeah. have been messing with you. Mm-hmm. You're not going crazy. Your mother's not calling you. You are not crazy. It's them. Um, and he starts to believe it, but then you can tell, like, he's still getting these calls from his real mother. Yep. Um, and that's making him truly believe that mm-hmm. his, there's, like, his mother's telling him and he's going to go crazy. And he starts to get scared that he's going to go and kill people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's thinking maybe I did kill those people. So it's very much a psychological mind fuck right. um, that they're, you know, 
doing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you don't know who's killing them. Is it Miss Loomis? You it could have been Mary, but you see, Mary has this change of heart, and she's starting to be like, Norman de- doesn't deserve this. He's actually like a nice guy who's just got problems. I'm like a psych major, so she she's a psych major in college, so apparently she could just figure all this all out. But anyway, <laughs> and then you find out, like after they've been, you know, they're finding bodies now, and um, Mary and her mom, and you think are have been run out of town, or that the cops think have been kind of left town or whatever. Well, they stay behind. Miss Loomis gets murdered in the basement. And you're like, who the fuck killed her? Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's badass it's, of kill, it's, by the way. Oh. Talk about yeah. a badass kill. It's always yeah, it's always um, the person killing you. The only thing you see is that they are dressed as mother. Yeah. You see the feet, and they have the knife. You yeah, see the feet, the dress, the, the you wig. see the wig, and you see the, the and butcher. You see, <laughs> yeah, you see. And so, you know, like, and it's, it's gotta be, you know, a tall adult and you're just, you're kind of stumped a little bit. Like maybe it is Norman doing mm-hmm. this. Um, well, Miss Loomis is murdered in the basement and then, you know, Mary's freaking out. She's getting scared of Norman. I'm getting kind of towards the end here. She's getting scared of Norman because Norman's acting real fucking crazy now. And he's not listening to her. her little tricks aren't snapping him back into reality. And, um, She's running around the house. The the psychologist in the meantime has come and he <sighs> thinks he's figured it out and he's come to warn him and help him. And she accidentally stabs and kills him because she's, you know, freaked out trying to defend herself against Norman. And the way he falls, the way he falls, the way he yeah. falls. Oh. I was like, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. As many times I was like, I forgot about that kill. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that's good. Yeah. So she accidentally kills him and then things just like unravel and you're like, who is in this house chasing after Mary? Like, is it Norman? Because you keep seeing Norman downstairs and then suddenly someone's chasing her upstairs. So you're like, there's got to be another person. Well, Mm -hmm. that is the next big twist, which is that Norman does have, and I, I believe this to be, it's meant to be true and it's Mm -hmm. not just some crazy lady, but it's meant to be true that he does have a real mother. Um, the sister of, you know, his first mother mm-hmm. um who had him and she's she's like she comes into the house and like reveals herself to him and it's the lady from the diner who was like give him yeah, a an chance older lady, yeah. yeah um so she comes back like a little sleeper uh sleeper agent and comes back because <laughs> she's introduces herself to him and you know she seems crazy as shit too she's sitting at the table and he's like <laughs> okay he's like he's getting out his his um you know, poison tea or coffee or whatever. And, um, she's telling him about how, you know, yes, I gave you to my sister because I was in a bad way. I was having trouble. You find out she was crazy as shit and probably was killing people and locked up too mm-hmm. and has gotten herself out somehow. And so she's probably one who's been killing people. Um, but, uh, great scene. We can talk about it more in detail, but I'm, I'm going to detail about it cause I yeah, laughed my ass off yeah, at this scene. This scene oh, yeah. is so good, but she's sitting at the table with her back to Norman uh, and Norman, he served her, you know, some food and drinks or whatever. And she's talking and he goes behind her and he's just <clears> acting <throat> so calm. He picks up a shovel and just, ding, just pummels her. Um, and she just, pat- she's like dead on the ground, presumably at that point. And um, then he's got his new dead mother and like the, <laughs> oh, and, and, and the, the, the story begins again, you know, it all is 
anew now. He's, All is right. He's freshly crazy. He has a new dead mother to keep in the bedroom. Um, and he's dressing up. And the cops think they have their culprit, which are these other people. And it's not them at all. Yeah. Um, so there you go. <laughs> that That the, is it in a nutshell. And the funniest thing about that, if you go back and watch when he hits her, and she falls back if you look at the shovel the shovel is like this if he bent that shovel over her head that's how hard he hit her i every i watched that back twice and i laughed my ass off you laugh Um, but it's not because it looks bad like uh it he looks terrifying yeah yeah uh it looks like he's been wanting to kill somebody the whole damn and now that also like i would say this by anthony perkins if you listen to how he talks he's constantly like out of breath and he can't he can't control his motions he feels like he's fighting himself and yeah. it's just like i'm like damn he like we talk about horror icons anthony perkins has got to be on that list oh yeah man. absolutely like, like from the smile and psycho to yeah. the to that to him the way he was frantic and you see he's fighting he's trying to do good he's trying to do good he's trying and it's just like damn dude i've like man hats off to him for yeah it. this is a really uh brilliant plot to be honest because i don't see how you could uh really predict like where all the twists are going to come from and stuff. Because what you expect going into this Mm -hmm. is like Norman just to get out and go mad and the body count is up, you know, all like the sequel rules where it's like the body counts up, Norman's back, mother's back and he's killing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But this, I feel like they did a brilliant fucking job of just keeping you guessing and keeping you off balance. Um, I can't remember the first time I saw this. I, it was probably like way back in the day. I saw part two and three, but uh, just revisiting it with the girls. We watched it last night. They were both like blown away by this too. Like, Holy shit. Like I, and I'm going to ask you guys this question. Is this movie better than the original in your opinion? Yes. Shelby, I'll start with you. Yes. And I love the original, but I just feel like I just watched Psycho 2 and I just go, every time I watch it, I usually watch them back to back. And I didn't watch it back to back today because I had to review it. But it's just like, damn, every time I watch I'm like, man, it's just the twist. The ending now, the sequels that follow it are, mm-hmm. but it's like, you watch this, you go, that ending, everything, it's just like, fuck, man. And this gets us into the characters too, Kate, before I get your opinion on this. But, like, Richard Franklin went into this, and he could have just made a another slasher. Like, you know, kind of bring Norman back and just do a slasher movie. But instead, he made the the story about Norman and not about the slasher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that they fucking did that. But in your opinion, is this better than the original? Better in different ways. Yeah, I think this story is... Um, it's better in that... You don't already know what's going to happen. Psycho. Okay. The original Psycho is so iconic and so uh, referenced in pop culture that it's not a surprise what happens. Mm-hmm. I guess it could be. It was mm-hmm. to Brian Brooks on our, our first ever episode was Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it could surprise some people. But if you were to, if most people, if you, you know, watch any kind of <laughs> movies and TV you know, a lot that you're going to know kind of the story of psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a slow burn in a different way. Like it's, it's a super slow burn, frankly. Um, and it's of its time mm-hmm. and it's great. But if you like a movie that has like very murder mystery, who done it and you're sleuthing along with the characters, like you're sleuthing along with the cops, with Norman, with Mary, like what's going on? Who's responsible? Like you, that is what makes it kind of more fun, I mm-hmm. think. And this one, it, there is no slow, slow burn to it. Norman gets mm-hmm. out and boom, he's traumatized, re-traumatized and boom, weird shit starts happening. Mm-hmm. And it is like 
pretty action packed considering that it's time and this the story that the, you know that they're telling here. So I feel like for those reasons it is better because I I like that kind of thing better. <laughs> yeah, and like I think this one you get a you guess on your edge, like you're on the oh, edge I'm... of your seat every time like what what the like you think oh I figured out what the fuck you know it's like that. Yeah. And in, I... the end, in the end you're like you don't really blame Norman for doing what he does at the end. Do oh, you know I mean, well, like, it's, like, it's kind of fault of the system that they yeah, let this guy out with no yep. support, you know. So I, I, and I also think the the people who created this film did a good job of um, using like the peephole from the first one, oh, and really like making that, feeling. making that, yeah, using the peephole. Making the score that is what sets central. up the well. The score, I think, is what sets mm-hmm. up with that peephole. You're like, oh my god, yeah. like, you you get chills watching scenes like that. Yeah, and they just. They did such a, a a good job of like reusing the the things that made the original Psycho so creepy, uh, and like incorporating them into the story in a new and very different way. Very mm-hmm. different way with the with, with Mary being a part of it, like with mm-hmm. Mary kind of knowing uh, who she's dealing with here. Like she's mm-hmm. not some unsuspecting girl. Like they make you think at first. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. went through this like uh, rooting for Norman to keep his sanity. Yes. And then when you find out what is going on, you're like, okay, Norman, fucking become mother again and kill this bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. bitches, it's like that. Like you can't really root for him because you're like, I'm actually sitting here rooting for somebody to get killed. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, whatever. It's not different like in slasher films, like when Michael or Jason get the the bitch of the film or the the asshole guy the douchebag guy mm-hmm. you're like he yeah, just fucked up but fuck him you know what yeah. i mean it's like that mm-hmm. this one you're like i hope you get him and you're like wait a minute i'm second guessing myself like wait a minute there's no it. good guy in this no really. that's what i'm and, saying there's not a good protagonist yeah. at all it's like it's like where do we go from this who do you root for i think that's what's one of the best things about it yeah because i mean is what mary and her mom did very unethical and very messed up an immoral yes were their hearts in the right place yes they were victims they're they're victims of norman mm-hmm. uh and they were not heard by the system she stood up in that room and was like you know in the courtroom or whatever where they're saying they're going to release him and said like i represent all of the look at this petition all of these mm-hmm. families you know all these you know victims basically of norman and are you telling me you're not going to hear me and the system's like fuck you we got a long list of shit to do we got to get done today we gotta bang the gavel get him out of here send him off on his way to terrorize a town you know and that's the way they're seeing it you know and so like they're seeking their justice in their own way and so you kind of you can feel for them especially if you have ever you know known somebody who's been a victim of Mm -hmm. any kind of crime like you're like you you can kind of understand it and then with norman it's like you really feel bad for him but then yeah. the whole time I'm like, this guy killed a bunch of fucking people. <laughs> but, How? Why am I feeling bad for him? <laughs> like, exactly, I don't know. and I think that's part, part of that part of the script, the score, the way it's directed, and I think Anthony Perkins acting. Like mm-hmm. you see him, but he's sitting there, like I said, breathing heavy, trying to be nice and generous. Like he's trying. You're like, damn, he's really he's he's just he's, fu- he's just fucked up because of his his childhood yeah. trauma. And he's it, charming in this. Very, like, I think this is his very, best performance, oh, even over the original. Like I, I don't even think that can be argued. Absolutely. Um, I will say, like, their plan is, like, so fucked up, though, and, like, kind of evil, because it's, like, they're willing to put him on the path to kill more people 
to prove that he's still insane. Yeah, and they're <laughs> na- and they're like, and they're naive enough to think like, oh well, we we'll make sure he doesn't go yeah. so crazy that he actually kills people. Yeah, we're just gonna make him so crazy that they're worried he's gonna kill people. Like and then the, they'll lock like him the in. scene, like the scene, like they can't have that kind of control. Like, it's trauma. No. <laughs> like you see him out there when he's repainting the the motel. And he's just like moving on with his life. I'm like, all right, you know. And then he looks back to somebody's in a fucking window fucking with me. It's just yeah. like, God damn, y'all, really? Well, yeah. that's the thing is that like, it, that that was like another theme of this movie kind of thing too, is that they're kind of, they're trying to control crazy. Yeah. And I love that they, it got to a point where they fucking couldn't. Cause like, it's like she's stabbing him and stuff like that. And he's just like talking about his mother over and over again. <laughs> the scene when he grabs, when he takes the knife, try to oh. the knife and he slides. I'm like, ah, that makes me so yeah, he rubs, your, he rubs yeah, your hands like, dude, like, come he on, grabs man. The knife it's like breaking hands. a limb. It's like you see somebody break a limb, you immediately grab yours. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. that. It's like that one of those things. That's very visceral. Yeah. So why don't we go around and give some of our favorite scenes of this movie? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Producer Kate, let's start with you. All right. Um, let me think. Uh, I'll try to pick one that I don't think you guys will pick. I always try to play this game. I don't know why. <laughs> Guessing I do. game, right? Um, Did you like so some I of the like... more sensitive moments between Norman and? Because like one thing that I really enjoyed was like how there wasn't an outright creepiness. Like, yes, he may look at her like through the went through the hole. Maybe arguably, like I don't know who's you know who they set up. I think it's Norman a couple times, mm-hmm. um, but. He really is, when he's in the right mind, like a sweet guy. Absolutely. It's his other personality that's mm-hmm. like <laughs> the killer. Yeah. It's like a personality disorder. It's like it's a mental it's a mental thing. Like it's yeah. really it's a sick thing in the in the world that people have this issue. Like split personality and shit. Like they're mm-hmm. really great guys. It's two face. It's like two face. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely got some dissociation going on. Um and it's sad but at the same time, like I think this guy's been in the system for 22 years, mm-hmm. um, therapized every day, presumably for 22 years. And I would expect him to come out of that, especially with the electro electroshock therapy and stuff, which is really like degrading and, um, it can really mess you up and really make you hate people that are doing these things to you. Like, so he comes out very like trusting of this system and of these doctors, uh, after 22 years of kind of therapy plus torture you know and i would think he'd come out a little more jaded joyous um no not necessarily joyous i would have i would think him coming out jaded wanting to just go somewhere be alone not immediately have like ask a girl to move in with you know like he immediately is traumatized and i think he's sent back again immediately to that like childlike pattern of thinking Mm -hmm. um uh that makes him that innocent little Norman that you're kind of used to that you expect to see, which makes you kind of empathize with him because he's like this innocent, you know, little virginistic uh, guy who's just like sweet and trying to do his best. uh, And he can't help that mother's driving him insane. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I will say I'll pick a scene because I'm getting off on a tangent. So this is before the doctor reveals that Mary and her mom, Mary and Mark, her mom's like charade Mm -hmm. um so there's a scene this is the peephole scene i told you Mm -hmm. i mentioned the people that i just feel like it's such a powerful oh yeah the way it's shot it just all that just as a device great um mary's looking through the peephole because she's been on the hunt trying to figure out what the hell happened like she's in the in mother's room um trying to figure out there's someone in the house she knows there's someone else 
and she suspects it's her mom, but it could also not be her mom, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she uh, goes into the, into mother's room, moves the picture uh, and looks in to the peephole and that eye, you know, the eye of some freak on the other side, just like flashes uh, in front of that hole, that peephole. And that just like freaks you out. Just, it's so good. So well done. Um, and so then she's on the hunt, you know, and then Norman's kind of on the hunt a little bit or he's blocked up, I think at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, and then there's a scene, you know, where she's like, no, Norman, you didn't do it. Like you were locked in the basement. You couldn't have killed that kid or whatever. This is after the he cops was locked have in come. the attic. Or whatever. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. the attic. Sorry. Yeah. I, yeah. I said basement, but I'm an attic. Um, anyway, she's like, you were, you couldn't have done it. Um, there's somebody else in the house. And that's and when she's it freaks like, her out. She's, she's freaked, like, freaked out. out. She's like, there's somebody in the house. We need to stay safe. And he corners her in a room and locks the locks the two of them in together in a room and says, we have to stay in here through the night and, you know, stay safe from this person that's trying to get us or is whatever. Uh, and he is very scary. He's very like, she's not, she knows the situation. Like she's not going to push back too hard on him. She's going to be like, okay, I will lay down and sleep in this room with you. But she is a little too comfortable, you know, like uh, that whole way s- too comfortable. Yeah. Way too comfortable. Way too Cause comfortable. he's clearly a little like uh, going unstable. off the edge. And, um, so this is where it gets to like, this is that one of those emotional scenes that, you know, I kind of like between characters, yeah. um, yeah. that, you know, maybe shouldn't even be connecting really. Um, well they shouldn't because Mary's fucked up. Uh, but anyway, she's comforting him. He's, uh, she's like holding him. He's woken her up in the middle of the night, standing over her. With a knife in her hand. Yeah, freaky yeah. as hell. Uh, and she wakes up and she she chooses to show him, you know, love and softness. Um, and that kind of snaps him out of it a little bit. And um, he's hugging her. And it was kind of funny because of what he, like, what they chose for it to be. But she's like, he's like, you smell like toasted cheese sandwiches. Uh, which is kind of gross. Like, you don't want to smell like that. But anyway, um, but it's really just his memory. It's what the, does he say? Like mother used to cook or something. Yeah, he's like he. It's like one of his only fond, you know, mm-hmm. memories of her doing something. Well, she went mad. That's what, what yeah. She, well, yeah. because it's it's the only probably care like care he sh- she showed him like by feeding him. Mm-hmm. Like that's really sad when that's the that's your favorite memory of your mom is that she mm-hmm. fed you. Like your favorite memory of your mom should be that she like, she loved you and called you and like supported mm-hmm. you through hard times. But she is a horrible mother, so like what he has to hang on to are toasted cheese sandwiches, you know, which mm-hmm. is like, it's really poignant. It's really sad. Um, and then that's when you learn basically that he's been, you know, all of his memories have been kind of taken away a bit by all this, what you presume to be electric shock. Or yeah. Something. Cause she tells him like, um, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of my favorite scenes as well. She tells him like to think about the good times or the good, the good memories with her mother. And he says like, they took all the good and, or whatever and left only the bad or I think all I have left is toasted cheese sandwich. Yeah. 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 Uh, That was pretty fucked up though. And I I think that's what separates this one from the original too, is that you get more, uh, more of a deeper side. You you get more depth of Norman Mm -hmm. in this movie. Uh, Shelby, what are some of your favorite scenes? Well, I would say that the scene where the guns and all that, where they're they're chasing around the tent, you feel the tension with that. I love What's the I, the hotel manager's name that he ends up firing? Uh, Toomey? Toomey. Toomey. I, yeah. I, I couldn't remember <laughs> whatever. But I will say this. The way he gets killed, Oh yeah, I thought that was really good. It, he's, he's creepier than fucking Norman, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's all creepy. sweaty with the, yeah. sweaty, the, the bald head and stuff. Oh. Well, as a reminder, Norman fires him day one out the gate. 
because uh, he's been managing the motel. Uh-huh. And it's uh, like a drug-fested hotel. Yeah, people. he's letting all the druggies and the the hookers, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> run their business out of the motel. And he's like, that's immoral. And, you know, he's, he's triggered again already. So uh-huh. he already knows. And then he goes outside. And I love the scene where he goes outside. He goes, yeah, you want to kill people, though, but I'm running the whole... And he's just like this. He's this New York Western yeah, like outlaw. That loony. That loony <laughs> dumbass. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> shut up. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And then the diner scene with him and uh, Norman. The diner scene where somebody, we found out who put the note there. Eventually mm-hmm. we figure out who did it. But puts the note there and he triggers him. And he's about to lose it. He looks at the knife and he backs off. Yeah, you want him so bad. Like, I wanted him so bad to fucking stab Toomey. <laughs> like, I was like, this dude is so fucking asking for it. And when he got, and it's like that one asshole, like, in, in uh-huh. slasher films gets killed, you're like, all right. You know, I don't know if you... You knew he was going to be the first one to be taken Oh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, with the way he gets killed, his reaction, he's like, he gets killed, he grabs his face, he's like, uh, and it cuts to black, you don't see nothing else. But you obviously, you know, he got killed. Yeah. Yeah. So my my favorite scene is the the basement kill, uh, when she sticks the knife into... Oh, uh, the f- oh my God. Uh, was it was it Loomis that she yes. stuck the knife yeah, into, Loomis. Uh, into the mouth yeah. and mm-hmm. out the neck? Yeah. But I love how that scene is shot because it's like she's getting all the stuff to dress like Mother and then like Mother steps behind her and you can see like the shoes and the gown and shit. Yeah. And the real the mother's coming killer, to get you. And the, yeah. the way it is like, you know, it's obviously not a real, but the way it's done, it's like, it looks like she's choking on a fucking knife because it mm-hmm. goes away through it. She's like leaning back. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like, damn. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, practical effects. They look good. And my good feet, I will one. say this and I'll say this to the day I'm dead. When it comes to horror, I don't want CGI. Give yeah, me CGI is f- bullshit. It is like, that's one thing. Like you look at when you watch um, the thing, practical effects you're like oh yeah exactly that's yeah. why and when you get practical effects in a, in a horror film it it just makes it better yeah this one got a bring brought a lot of the gore uh and it was like it was in good taste as well like it it, it wasn't just like a slap like a splatter fest or nothing no, 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 no. i felt like that that's it could have easily been that but mm-hmm. it wasn't they they were very deliberate and like made choices on where to uh, show violent scenes, which I really, really dug. I also want to say that one of the scenes where he comes back and he's got the bandages over his hands he's, and he's cleaning up the coal yeah. and he grabs, he sees hands are bleeding, he, he holds himself. You're just like, this dude just wants to be fucking at peace, man, with his life. And it's just yeah. like, you feel that like it's going back to you feel for him. It's like, damn, dude, like he really didn't do anything. He was, he didn't do anything. It wasn't mm-hmm. him this time. Mm-hmm. But he's about to. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does. That's why the ending in the movie so great because and you get that shot which is so fucking iconic which it's is on, on that i pointed out that's the yeah there, there's the dead mother and there he is right which there which dean cundy yes. shoots the shit out of that man and it's like so iconic looking there's also a couple yeah. spots where he's they're like he's walking up the steps and the camera's kind of cockeyed at yeah an angle. Uh, dutch till he, dutch, dutch uh, till and it's like damn it i like i ain't seen a dutch till in years i'm like yeah that's badass yeah. oh they they brought out all the uh mm-hmm. like the hitchcock like another one was like the bird's eye view uh, mm-hmm. that they showed a couple times of the girl running away from the house after the teen gets killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of great stuff in this movie. So let's go around and give our final take on this movie. What would you rate Psycho 2 out of, do we normally do five, five. or ten? Okay, out of five. <laughs> we haven't been gone that long. <laughs> I know, man. What the hell? <laughs> so Shelby, let's go. Uh, how many knives out of five? Oh boy, because there's some scenes in this I don't like. 
and it's with fucking um, Meg Tilly's character. There are certain scenes I'm not a fan of. Like, when she gets killed, the way she spins around, <laughs> she gets okay. shot. Uh-huh. And there's some scenes where I'm like, it looks like she's phoning it in a little bit, but we're also, you're doing the, the research on some things. Mm-hmm. Um, man, can I go, say, a 4.25? Yeah, that's, I would that's go cool. with that. I think that's the thing, because I don't want rates. I mean, there's some things that don't age well. There's some mm-hmm. things, but... It's just one of those slashers. It's highly underrated. It's one of the films, like, I yeah. would tell you, if you have a collection, buy it. Like, go out and buy it because it's worth it. It's, you can stream it all you want, but you'll end up buying it. It's such a damn good movie. It's an underrated classic, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Kate? Um, I really, really enjoy this. I think I could watch it again and really enjoy it again. Um, I don't think it's going to be one I pick up every year, but strong four out of five for me. Um, great movie. Very much. If you like any kind of murder mystery or murder, like kind of that's a good who, way to say who done it. Uh, if mm-hmm. you like those kind of books, you like true crime kind of stuff. You're gonna like this, the Psycho. It is. It is nothing like the first one in style. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways, and there's a lot of homages, like you said, the different shots that they kind mm-hmm. of recreate. But um, it's it's definitely action packed. And twist, lots of twists and turns. And I would say this to add on to what you're saying, back to one thing. It proves that you don't have to rush into a sequel. 22 years. And <laughs> mm-hmm. you get a sequel, and a lot of people will agree with me on this, that out there says it's the best one of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think mm-hmm. that shows, like, patience. Wait four or five years before you give a sequel. Well, and I want to say one thing about the score, too. You mentioned how good the score oh, yeah. is, and you're absolutely mm-hmm. right about that. I think they did a really good job. I mean, I think the... The guy who did the score had big shoes to fill because mm-hmm. the f- score of the first oh, one yeah. is incredible. The, with the piano, the bum bum, bum bum. The score of Psycho is incredible, and so like he did a really good job with this one. I think mm-hmm. it's it's still in that same vein, and it sounds great. It's not like over the top. It doesn't get slapstick ever, um, mm-hmm. which can you, can you can run into that. We've run into that a lot when we for watch sure. these kind of. <laughs> Uh, what am I looking for? Sequel. Oh, for sure. Um, but what about you, Trav? Yeah, I'll give this a four and a half out of five. Uh, I do. Sorry. I do agree. I think um, after watching this a couple times here, uh, I do agree that it is better than the original. At least it's at least more watchable. Like I, mm-hmm. I would return to this before I would the original. Like any day of the week. Not the original is a classic and stuff, but it is like really weird that a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, Psycho does have sequels. Yeah. And that, that's like a really weird kind of thing. Um, but number two is absolutely fantastic. Really, really underrated. I think a lot of, I think people should give this a chance and check it out. If and you I, haven't seen Psycho 2, please give it a chance. Yeah, definitely do. And I think like, what, like watching this one again, you're going to get like a whole, like kind of, you're watching it again with irony. You mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. so you're seeing it in a totally different light. You're seeing the acting choices in a totally different light. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing the details that are being shown to you in a totally different light. I think it's going to be really fun to watch it again for me because I'm the only one in the room who hasn't seen it more yeah. than once. <laughs> All right. And it's like one of the things like you go like, nobody talk there's such a time gap from the first mm-hmm. film to the second one. I think that's why nobody talks about the sequels. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it, you're like, I haven't found anybody that's watched this film and said they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And there's, it, it means a handful, but it, I whoever, think it surprises a lot of it, people. It's surpri- absolutely, you're just like, wow, hold that was, whoa, holy shit. It's really good. I was mm-hmm. one of those people. Mm-hmm. I was one of those people. I had a very low expectations and I'm pleasant. Sometimes you walk into this one film, like you hear from everybody, like, all right, whatever. But then you go in, you're like, oh my God, like that was really <laughs> surprising. There's some films that you see, like you hear like 
I don't care what critics say about some films because critics nitpick them. Like, yeah. there's a film tangent that have you ever seen The Hitcher? The Hitcher? No, no, I don't think she has. <sighs> she needs it. It's on HBO Max. Give it a try. Mm-hmm. It's a um, it's a it's a middle. It came out like in 85, 86. It's yeah. about a story about this guy who's riding the road and there's guys stalking crazy, and critics just bash the living shit out of it. And it's one of the greatest horror films you ever see. In you my can, opinion, yeah, you cannot listen to critics because they bash the original, or not the original, but the remake of the thing. thing too, yeah, the oh my god, yeah, and it's like, you know, like Halloween Kills. People said it was just nothing more than Kills Fest, and they bitched about the, the not having a great story. I'm like, the title says Halloween Kills. Yeah, the title says Halloween Kills. There's some. Well, I want to thank you for joining us, Shelby. I appreciate uh, you. It's been an awesome discussion for Psycho Two and everything horror related. Uh, it's producer great to have Kate, a welcome back. Yeah. I was gonna say it's great to have a horror head on the oh, yeah. on the show for my first one back. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be back. I'm pretty sure you'll have me on oh, yeah. for anything. Yeah. You'll probably have me sit down and watch something I don't want to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, producer Kate, welcome back. Um, Thank and you. you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at horrifying my friends, and on Twitter at horrifying mf. Also hit me a line at capped creature on Twitter and capped creature on TikTok because I am now on TikTok. You're on TikTok. Yes, I, I will follow you. I will follow you. <laughs> um, have what, a. I'll, I'll go ahead. One last thing for you in the show. Let me ask you a question. I want to get your thoughts on this because I was talking to some guys at work that some casual horror fans, but they like mm-hmm. the slashers. How do you feel about the Nev Campbell and Scream situation going on right now? Um, can of worms at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, I want to know because I, I want to have a discussion with a guy who's as passionate about horror as I am because I feel like me and you probably have a similar approach on this. I think that um, – I don't think that Sydney is needed. I think they should leave Sydney alone. Um, but, and I think that they replaced her with uh, – what's what's her name from um, part four, uh, the horror – the horror fan. I, oh, Kirby. Doing, Hayden. Kirby. Yeah. Kirby. Yeah. And I also was going to add that I feel like with two, it's got, I know four had a good cast characters. Three is, Scream's weird. It's that one franchise that you don't look at and say, oh, that's a bad horror. That's, that there's the bad horror films. Scream's mm-hmm. really passable for how bad mm-hmm. it is. I felt like four had good cast characters, but I felt like this last Scream 5, since the second one, has got the best group of characters that go around to carry the franchise on. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, they killed Dewey. I think eventually they're going to kill D- Gail off next, too. Mm-hmm. But I just sit there saying they really don't need her. If they Sydney wants to come in, they come in. But they really don't need her, I don't think. Yeah, I don't I don't think I need her. I would another... like to see her in the franchise. Mm-hmm. I think I, I love to see her. I mean, she's one of the greatest Final Girls ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's on she's on my Mount Rushmore Final Girls. And I think it's just like, I understand her uh, thing about her not getting paid, what she thinks. But she don't work a lot either. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. you look at she outside of Scream, what has she done Yeah, in the last 20 years? Yeah, no, so, Wild Things and Skyscraper. Oh, it's, it might not be stuff that y'all watch, though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I get her. I, all the power to her. I support her. Absolutely. You know, you're not paying me what I think I'm worth, and I, that's fine. I'm more so like, I think the series needs to go in another direction. Like, mm-hmm. I think. Ghostface can do other shit. Well, like it's like how I love Halloween; it's my favorite franchise. But Michael has, in every one of his films, he has been handcuffed to Laurie Strode, some form or fashion. Yeah, it's like you want to see something different. At least Friday Thirteenth goes off script and they do something else. Nightmare on Elm Street did something else. Mm-hmm. Like, can we get like like I like that Ghost Scream is saying, well, well we're going to take them away from Cindy. We're going to get these new characters involved. Mm-hmm. We're going to get them out of Woodsboro. They're going to go to New York for this one too. Mm-hmm. So I think I like that idea as well. So I'm really like, I'm, I'm, I'm really amped up about that sequence. I really liked five a lot. 
little scream talk there to end the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hit you guys with all the socials and stuff. But have a spooky week. Till next time. Absolutely. Fine, my friends.